Welcome back, everyone. It's week 17 of the Texas high school football season. You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps cast here at the Eagle. I'm Alex Miller, joined always by Abigail Ochoa. Abigail, we've got a huge week of football ahead of us. I'm already tired, Alex, and we haven't even gotten there. Um, we have a couple of state state championships, um, area playoffs. I mean, you name it, some of the best games that we've seen this season. I know we say that every week, but it really this week is the end-all, be-all um, of games, and it should be a really good one. I'm so excited, um, but I can already feel that nap that I'm going to take, you know, on Saturday. Um, <laughs> it feels really good, but, yeah, um, great to be here. For sure. Well, as Abigail alluded to, there are only three teams left in the playoffs in the Brazos Valley. Two are playing for state championships this week, Franklin and Allen Academy. And the other team, College Station, they're looking to take down the number one team in the state at 5A Division One. We've got an all-star lineup for today's podcast. First, we're going to be joined by Greg Tepper. He's the managing editor at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. He's going to help us break down Franklin Canadian and College Station Denton Ryan, giving us a little insight, maybe more so on Canadian and Denton Ryan. Then we're going to get in those matchups a little closer. First, we're going to be joined by Tommy Davis. He's on the radio broadcast, Franklin's Game Thursday. And then Scott Clendenin, good friend of the show. He'll be calling College Station's game Friday night. And then last but not least, Abigail and I, we're going to look at Allen Academy's TAP six-man Division I state title game Friday afternoon against Dallas Lake Hill in Waco. All right, ready? Set and go. All right, up next on our podcast, we're joined by Greg Tepper. He's the managing editor at Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. And we're, we're, we're getting right into it, Greg. Um, we're going to talk Franklin Canadian and College Station Denton Ryan. So first, let's, let's, uh, let's look at that 3A Division II state championship game Thursday at 3 p.m. in Arlington. You know, first, looking at Franklin, what can you say about the run that the Lions have had this year in their first season under Mark Fannin? Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up Coach Fannin because I think that that's worthy of, of, of kind of talking about a little bit. I think some people will say that, yeah, he took over a program that was in pretty good shape, and, and a large part of that is what, what Coach Mike Hedrick did, and, and he stepped in, and, and I think that that's right. He stepped into a good situation there at, at Franklin, but – it's hard to follow a legend. I mean, think about how many different schools around the, the state have a great coach leave, and then suddenly it's a huge step back. I mean, it happens a lot. What Coach Fannin has done there is really impressive. And, and yeah, look, they have an identity, right? And they've stuck with the identity of hard-nosed defense and running game. But at the same time, what Coach Fannin has done is certainly worthy of praise, and he's put his own stamp on the program. Uh, you know, I, I was very impressed – Coming into the playoffs, uh, it became pretty evident, pretty clear that District 13 was the power nexus of Region 4. You know, we had questions about what Region 4 was going to look like, and a lot of it depended on what Re District 13 looked like. And, well, they, they were very – you literally could not have asked for anything better uh, from District 13. And so it became very clear that how battle-tested this team was and how much they've grown over the course of the entire season. And that's been awfully impressive uh, to get here uh, with their identity, with their identity intact, which is we're going to run the ball, we're going to play defense, uh, and we're going to we're gonna knock you in the mouth. And that was something that's been very impressive to watch. I thought that win last week over Wascombe was, uh, was real gutty uh, and, and a deserving state finalist here going up against the Wildcats from Canadian. Yeah, for sure. You know, let's talk a little bit about Canadian now. Obviously, you know, we don't know too much because we've never covered them, but, um, I, you know, I hear that they're a very pass-dominant team. Um, their quarterback, obviously, um, is doing great this season so far. So what kind of can you tell us about this Canadian team you and guys, what Franklin's up against? Wait a second. You guys, you mean that you guys down there in Bryan are not paying attention to what's going on up there in the 806? I'm stuck. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's what's so fun about this this time of year is that you do have teams from – 
starkly different parts of the state yeah. coming together to play one another. Now, you know, Canadians, a squad that obviously has a lot of pedigree. They, they've won a title. I believe their last title win was back in 2015, played mm-hmm. for another state championship in 2018. And, and this is a team with, with a, a terrific coach and Chris Ketting, a, a, a power program that every year you penciled them in to a state semifinal at the very least. They were able to get past Gunner in the semifinal, the fifth straight year they've met in the semifinals. This is a Canadian team that I think is a little bit different from past years, and, and I'll explain why. You know, I think that in the past, especially go back to that 2015 team, which routed Refurio at Energy Stadium in the state championship game, that was a real pass-heavy, air, true air raid team. That's a team that uh, you had a Tanner Schaefer, their quarterback, who ended up at Oklahoma, was fantastic all year long. And they were able to dial up the pass attack and really throw deep on teams uh, with regularity. Uh, this is, I would say, a lot more of a power spread type team. And I take a look at what Canadian is able to do. Yes, they're able to throw the ball with, with Joe quarterback, a great wide receiver in Twister Kelton, who's got one of the best players in the state of Texas. But also, I think the underrated team about the thing about this team is their running back. Hayes Huffstedler, their running back, is a strong threat in the running game. And I think that he's going to be somebody that Franklin's going to have to keep up with. One thing I, I really want to point out for fans who are watching this game, a lot of what Canadian does offensively is rely on getting great blocking and as a result, I think one of the keys in this game, if Franklin's going to slow them down, I think they do need to If they're able to do that, it's going to come by their cornerbacks and their safeties getting off a block on the outside and swarming to the football. Uh, this is a, a team in Canadian that has a really methodical offense. Uh, they're really sharp, and, and it's going to be a challenge for this Franklin defense going up a team that's going up against a team that kind of does a little bit of everything. Gotcha. Greg, you know, Franklin, there's no, it's no secret. They have a storied football history. The Hedrick family, very well known in Franklin, but the Lions have never won a state championship. They've only been to one state championship game in 2015. Do you think Franklin ranks among some of the best programs in the state that has not won a state championship? Yes. That's the, the simple answer to your question. But I think that when you take a look at, at what they've been able to accomplish down there in the Brazos Valley and down there, whether they've been kind of on that cusp of region three, region four all the time, um, they are a team that, that I think it would surprise people to learn they don't have a title, you know, because they're always making deep runs. They're always in it. Now they've run into some really good teams along the way, certainly worthy of, of challenging the Lions. But I think that what you're seeing this year for Franklin is kind of a culmination of a lot of things. I think they've got the right mix of guys this year, especially I think on the defensive side. You know, I know that Coach Fano was really excited about his defense coming into the year, and that's really shown through in this one. Furthermore, you know, I look at this team maybe compared to the 2015 team. That 2015 team was, I don't want to be disrespectful, it was a plodding offense. That was an offense that we're going to get three yards, we're going to get four yards, and then we are going to do it again. And we're going to do it again. They did not have a ton of explosiveness on that, on that 2015 team. I think that's different this year. When you take a look at Bryson Washington and Seth Spiller and the playmakers they've got, that they've got a little bit of speed to burn on the outside. And that's why I do think that maybe we might be having a different conversation. Maybe, maybe in a week we're talking about how it's amazing that Franklin did pull what I think would be a mild upset in the state championship game, but do have their first state championship. Uh, I think this team is, is really, this is the, this is about, uh, this is probably the best Franklin team we've ever seen. And, and I think that they're going to be a worthy competitor for Canadian. Now, you know, Greg, obviously, we, you know, we talked about Franklin obviously doesn't have the experience that maybe Canadian has in the state championship, but um, you touched on it a little bit. Um, they're not the favorite this week, but are they going to have to pull up an upset um, to win this week? I think so. I think they. I think that I would install them as uh, underdogs, but not huge underdogs. Is the way that I would put them in this game. It, simply because I think that for Canadian, they've been on this stage before. That experience matters. Furthermore, I do think it, you look at the, some of the matchups, especially uh, with with uh, Canadian and their front seven. I think they may be able to match up a little bit with Franklin. That that could really throw a wrench in Franklin's game plan. To me. There is a very clear path for Franklin to win this game. 
Now, I think that it's a relatively narrow one. I don't think there's a variety of different types of games they can win, but there is a game they can win, which is there's 48 minutes in this game, and you are you have the ball for 32 of them. I mean, you are taking the air out of the football. You are simply not letting Canadian have the ball, and you are grinding out 3.3 yards per carry. And yeah, you're going to drive your fans nuts with a million fourth and inches. That's going to be the end of the game. Keep the ball away from this Canadian team. I'm nervous so that hopefully you can get a turnover, pop a turnover, or, or get a three and out and get a stop, get the ball back, limit the number of possessions, make this game go by quick. Uh, don't let Fox Sports Southwest get their money's worth on the kick You know what I mean? Get this thing over quick. And so that's what I would look for in this game is can Franklin go out there, establish the run, especially their first drive. If they go on a long, sustained touchdown drive, that is very good news for Franklin. I think they're underdogs in this game. But they've been underdogs a couple of other times in this season, and they've made people look foolish for picking against them. So I think that I think that they're they're comfortable in the underdog role, and I think they'll have that. Yeah. Let Let's shift gears a little bit. While we've got plenty of state championships this week, we've all, we're also just in round two at five A, which is just nuts. Um, and there is a state worthy game this week in Waco College Station they're playing number one Denton Ryan uh Friday 7 p.m Waco ISD Stadium before we get into the game I want your take on this is 5A Division 1 Region 2 the toughest region in the state this year I don't think there's really any doubt um I mean it's it's a fireworks factory there in Region 2 and, and you know in, in the past years we've talked a lot about 6A Division 1 Region 3 that's where North Shore has been that's where Katie has been but through a little bit of realignment and just the way things broke, I think that that region is really good, but maybe not exceptional. I also think that there's a pretty clear favorite there when you're talking about Galena Park North Shore. 5A Division One Region 2 is nuts. I mean, you're talking about having, I think, six of the top 10 teams in the state in one region. That is ridiculous. And you're starting to see that all across the board whenever you look at the matchups we have just in Region 2. Uh, I mean, look, uh, Highland Park's probably got the quote-unquote easiest game this week uh, in that they're taking on Frisco Independence, but that's a really dangerous Frisco Independence team. Otherwise, uh, you have a state-ranked uh, team that used to be state-ranked in Frisco Lone Star, a team that, of course, is no stranger to the big stage, taking on state-ranked Magnolia. You have Longview taking on unbeaten Lancaster, and then, of course, you have College Station and Denton Ryan. I mean, the the eight teams left, seven of them, uh, with the exception maybe of Frisco Independence, who, you know, you never know, uh, I think you could pencil them into a state semifinal, and I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. It is that deep simply because of the talent pool and, and I think the, the depth of coaching you have in Region 2. It's really remarkable. Yeah, you know, we've seen a lot of good things from the Cougars. Um, let's talk about them first, I guess. Um, we've seen a lot of good things from them this season. Obviously, they haven't lost in, since that Magnolia game to start the district. Um, you know, we've seen Huff throw a lot more. We've seen that run game um, come to life. But what has really caught your eye about the Cougars this season? The growth for, for the Cougars has been really impressive. You know, one thing that I think when you talk to Coach Steve Huff before the season he was worried about uh, is that they're young at a lot of key spots, a lot of key spots. And I think that, 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 that there were going to be some growing pains throughout the course of the early part of the season. And, and I think they've come through the other side of that. I think that what you're seeing right now is a really well-balanced, well a well-groomed team that is going out there and playing their style of football, that they're, they're starting to have that balance that the, the great college station teams have, like the state championship team from 2017. Those teams have had balance, and they've got that with Collins running the ball and with Huff throwing the ball. I mean, this is really exceptional balance. They've grown up, and I think they've also grown up on the defensive side. I think that that was probably the place where they were going to have a little bit more experience, but the, the youngsters that they've had to plug in I mean, look, we're, we're talking about week, week, you know, week, it's technically week 17 of the year, which is, makes my head hurt, but <laughs> this is, um, but, but you're, you've got guys who are experienced. They have a, basically a season's worth of experience under their belt, and that shows, and that is a credit to that coaching staff that there are a lot of teams that they start off in week one. And then if you go look at them in week 12, they're the same. College Station has never been that under Coach Steve Huff. They always grow, and especially this year, with the youngsters growing up kind of 
I don't want to say battlefield promotions, but they were kind of thrown in. They're like, all right, you're a varsity player now. Go out there and win this football game. And they've really come a long way, I think, from what they were in, in the early years. You know, you said it, 5A region, 5A1, Region 2, it's a fireworks factory. But Den Ryan, they are the presumed favorite without question. What do you think makes the Raiders such a strong team? Well, it's probably because they're really good and they have a lot of good players. That, <laughs> in my experience as a high school football analyst, sometimes when you have really good players, that helps. Uh, but, but not to be glib, it, 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 is, it is astonishing some of the talent that they have on this team. Uh, I mean, whether you're talking about Billy Bowman, you're talking about Jatavian Sanders, uh, you're talking about uh, some of the big time defensive weapons they have like Bear Alexander up in the front. Uh, you have a, a Memphis commit in Seth Hennigan at the quarterback spot. I mean, they've got playmakers all over the field. I, I heard a recruiting analyst tell me that they think they have eight FBS guys on the defense alone, which no. is ridiculous. I mean, you just don't see that. You don't see that. I mean, basically this side of Duncanville or Galena Park North Shore, or maybe every once in a while, Allen, right? It's a loaded, loaded team. And they can just beat you in a lot of different ways. I think actually the underrated part of this team is Kiori Hicks, the running back. I think he's a star, a big offensive line. And, and yeah, they, they, they swarm up and they just make plays. I mean, you have to keep up with Jatavian Sanders and Billy Bowman at all times, not to even the discount a guy like Kiori Hicks running ball. That's not even the discount a guy like Seth Hennigan taking off with it. It's a really loaded team that's absolutely – I mean, it's in some ways – it's like a small college team. Some of the guys they have out there are – are absurd and I mean, you're just going to have to for college station they're going to have to kind of pick their poison and figure out who they want to key on in order to make sure they get their offense especially yeah, the now did oh, Brian I mean, pushed a little bit this year by uh, didn't you know, or something that kind of give a blueprint to maybe about what they need to do to win yeah you know the toughest game of the year was probably against Frisco Lone Star in the season finale and I think what Frisco Lone Star did really well was that they matched up pretty well up front and they were able to pressure the quarterback a little bit and keep the, not give him time uh, to distribute the ball out to his boots. But one of the, one of the things that, that, that nobody's really been able to crack the on the Denton Ryan defense quite yet and that's going to be a bit of a concern. I think this is going to be a huge challenge for both college stations. They need to play it to a draw and trench. Right? Make sure you're going out there. You're not going to blow off the ball or whenever they have the ball and make sure that you you are right. opening up some holes and, and giving your opportunity, giving, giving your, your uh, especially your running game, an opportunity to flourish to keep the ball away from Denton Ryan. I think that this game is going to be one of those games that keep your eye off the ball type game. If College Station is holding up up front on both sides of the ball, they're in it, and they'll be in it till the end. And that's another thing worth mentioning. Denton Ryan has not really played in high leverage situations. They haven't played in a tight game. They haven't played in a close game. What happens if it gets to, to borrow a phrase from our friends across the pond, what if it gets to squeaky bum time? You know, what happens then? Can can Denton Ryan come up with a big place under pressure? Because, look, I hate to say it, but if you look over the past couple of years, when they run the Highland Park, when they ran into Shadow Creek, a championship game, if you pushed them to the brink, they hadn't necessarily come up with those plays at the key moments. Now, I think this year is different because I think they're just overwhelmingly talented. But – what happens when they're pushed to that limit? What happens when they get into a competitive fourth quarter? That's an advantage College Station has because they've played tight games. They've played important high leverage situations. Can they do that? And can they force Den – can they hang in there for three quarters and force Den Ryan to play a competitive fourth quarter? Uh, that's something that would be really interesting to see. Well, Greg, before you go, uh, for, our, for our listeners out there, how can people tune in uh, to – catch some Dave Campbell's action uh, this week during the state championships and as the 5A, 6A playoffs roll on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're, we're covering the, the state championship games wall to wall, starting with the 1A Division One state championship game between Sterling City and May. That game's going on uh, 2 o'clock on Wednesday, uh, all the way until the 4A Division One state championship game uh, between Argyle and Lindale. That's a 7 o'clock kick on Friday night. Uh, of course, we'll have you covered at texasfootball.com. You can check out texasfootball.com slash state for our preview. We'll have all sorts of crazy stuff. We got social media, you know, the Twitters and the, the Instagrams and, 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 and all that all stuff. Good. And then, and then I'm, supposed, I'm also supposed to tell you to, to watch Fox Sports Southwest. My bosses want me to tell you to watch Fox Sports Southwest. <laughs> so please watch, please watch the games on Fox Sports Southwest. I'll be watching the games, that's for sure. Abigail will be there. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, Greg, thanks so much for joining and uh, giving a little insight on the big games this week. Absolutely. Take care, guys. No problem. All right. Coming up next, we got Tommy Davis breaking down a little more Franklin Canadian with us. Welcome back. Up next, we're joined by Tommy Davis. Uh, He does the radio broadcast at KMVL Radio at 100.5 out of Madisonville. He'll be on the call this Thursday, Franklin, taking on Canadian in the 3A Division II State Championship. Tommy, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, you bet, Alex. How you doing, Abigail? Good to hear from y'all. Good. Great. Well, it's a it's it's as big as it gets this week. The Franklin Lions are playing for a state championship, only the second time in school history. Um, so, you know, before we get into this game, I want to revisit last week because both of you were there. Um, yeah. Franklin, they came away with a gritty win over Wascom. Sounded like it was a great finish down there in East Texas over in Tyler. You know, it had been a while since – Franklin was pushed the entire game. You know, how big do you think it was for Franklin to find a way to win that game? Tommy, we'll start with you. Well, uh, it's, it goes without saying that it was huge. Uh, and you kind of felt it. You know, I guess going in, you, you look at the points Wascom had given up all year, and uh, I think they've averaged giving up like 15 points a game. So you knew it was going to be a, a, a fairly – well, I kind of I had a feeling it would be a fairly low-scoring game, but the the thing that when I started feeling a little bit better about it is when Wascom went for the two-point conversion and missed it, yeah, uh, and left that one point there dangling. I I told the guy I was with, I said that's going to be a difference maker right there. And sure enough, uh, there in the fourth quarter they came down on a a quick pretty quick drive. I think it took like a minute. Well, it may have been I don't know if it was it a was minute thirty-eight yeah. or. Yeah, it was a, I just went right down the field and scored. Left about, I think, maybe two or three minutes left on the clock. But uh, kicked the extra point and went up, and, and that was all it took. But uh, a very great, a very good game, very defensively sound ball game. Uh, a lot of hard hitting going on out there that night. Oh, go ahead, Abigail. Yeah, no, I, obviously it was huge. Um, but, you know, Franklin started at their own eight-yard line after, yeah. after that missed two-point conversion. They had less than two minutes or three minutes to make a touchdown to win because they knew if they didn't do it then, they weren't going to be able to do it all night um, the rest of the three minutes or however long it was. But, um, you know, that was, I think, huge for them, not only to come back and win like that in the fourth quarter and late in the fourth quarter because they haven't really had to do that all season. Um, But it was really big (laughs) that they marched down from the eight-yard line to, to make that touchdown, um, you know, for Marcus Wade to, to Hayden Helton. Um, that was really big because I think, um, you know, in the playoffs we've seen, obviously Franklin been pretty strong in the first half and then they kind of take it away in the second. Um, but they were having a hard time stringing together plays, stringing together runs last, uh, last week. And um, that's why they weren't scoring. That's why they, that halftime score was seven to zero because – they really couldn't get anything else going um, after that first touchdown. So it was really good to see them just march down that field and really get some momentum going to win that game at the end. Um, and then, I mean, getting that pass in the end zone, I mean, we've seen Franklin throw this season, obviously. Um, but, you know, last week they, they only threw once against Buffalo because, you know, that was the interception. So they didn't really try again. And then to get a touchdown, the winning game winning touchdown as a pass, um, I think really solidified that they could also do that if they chose to kind of mix it up maybe this week against Canadian, which I think that they will have to do. Um, but yeah, it was just a big all around for them to, to have that um, against Wascom. Yeah, I think, especially in the game against Buffalo, you look at that and they had the one interception on the one pass, but really they didn't really need to pass the ball against Buffalo. Buffalo had a hard time stopping that run, especially in the yeah. second half. And when you can't stop the run, I mean, you just you just go right at them with the run. And that's yeah. what Franklin did. Yeah. Uh, Franklin kind of, you know, in the in the Wascom game, they fumbled the ball on the two-yard line going into the end zone. Um, and that was a another defensive, just a defense helmet-on-ball kind of fumble. For sure. uh, it happened a couple of times. So, I mean, both defense have stood up and played. They played great. Uh, and that's kind of what you would expect out of that, that game. 
Yeah, you know, you, you look at last week, and we've seen how explosive that Franklin offense can be. But on a night when it really wasn't, you know, Coach Fannin all season has talked about how good this defense has been, but the it's been overshadowed by the explosiveness on the of the offense. You know, do you feel like last week was just a testament to how good that Franklin defense has been? Yeah, uh, definitely. And you, you do what you have to do to win the game, uh, you know, certainly. But uh, when the defense has to stand up and make plays, of course, if you're up 30, 40 points, uh, it isn't that big of a deal defensively to, you know, to, to do that. But if you're down six, you know, it, the, you really depend on more of that defense, and that's when that defense rises to the occasion. For sure. And, you know, looking at looking ahead to this game, this is, as we said before, only the second time Franklin has played for a state championship. They lost to Wascom in 2015 down in Houston. You know, as storied as Franklin's football history has been, what would it mean to the community, you think, Tommy, for this town to get its first state championship in football? Well, I, I think, number one, the town is, is so excited about them even having the chance to go back and, and play for that state championship, and everybody's on board with that. Everybody's excited about that. Uh, but, of course, winning it would be would take it to a whole other level, um, something they haven't had before. And being, Fannin, being a first-year athletic director, head coach, that would just, you know, that would make put the icing on the cake, I guess you could say. Uh, it would be just a, a testament for what he's done this year, too. Yeah, I think what you saw, I mean, there was a lot of people in those stands last week. Like, to, to travel that long, um, I know it was about maybe three hours for, from College Station, but um, these fans are so excited for this team. You know, every time I talk to Fannin and even, even the boys, you know, they talk about how much they do it for, for their community, um, how much that win last week was for their community. So I think they have a lot to do with, um, you know, their success and their confidence they do get out there and in that environment. Um, so I think that's going to help again this week with all the fans that do travel to at and um, to see that. Um, it, it's been really big for them this season, and especially in the playoffs, to have that back them up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, something a lot of people don't realize also is that's a young team. Uh, they've got a lot of juniors on that team. So, you know, to, to go this far this year is just – you know, you're also looking forward to what will happen next year, too. Yeah, for sure. That's something that I was thinking about earlier this week. You think about guys like Bryson Washington and uh, Mar Malcolm Murphy. They got, they've got, they've got guys that are going to be back next year. But here we are. It's the week before Christmas, and their Franklin, their their motto all year has been 164. 164, the number of miles from Franklin to AT&T Stadium in Arlington. You know, now that this week is here, we're looking at they're playing Canadian. Franklin is not the favorite in this game. So what will the Lions have to do to pull, quote-unquote, an upset here in this state title game? I, I think ball control is something they've relied on all year, and I think that's something they'll depend on again uh, Thursday. Uh, the offense, just the ball control down the field. Uh, the second thing is turnovers. They've, they've got to cut those turnovers. Against the Canadian team, you're not going to be able to afford turnovers like you had against maybe Buffalo and a couple against Wascom also. Uh, Canadian is a team that can take advantage of it. And on the other hand, I watched the Canadian Gunter film earlier this week, and Canadian had a couple of turnovers as well. Uh, the quarterback, Colwell, threw a couple of interceptions, almost had a gave up a pick six. The kid just had it right there and was nothing, nothing in front of him at open field and dropped it. Um, so if Franklin can take advantage of turnovers from Canadian and limit their own numbers, then uh, that, that's going to be key and ball control. And that defense too. I mean, we know Canadian throws a lot um, as well. It, you know, some of the players were comparing it to maybe Buffalo that maybe might be the closest team that they've seen kind of throw that way and stuff like that. And um, Buffalo was able to get a few, you know, big plays in there um, a, a few weeks ago. So it's going to be real important for them to get the, those receivers pretty fast and, and kind of shut that down a little bit on defense and that, you know, that strong defense that we've heard about all season kind of come out and show out um, along with the offense, you know. Like Tommy said, holding on to that ball is going to be so important. For sure. Well, 
Tommy, before we let you go, um, you know, how can folks listen to the radio broadcast this week? Uh, we'll be on the FM side on KMVL 100.5, and also they can stream along at kmvlfm.caster.fm. You can also go to kmvl.net on the website there and find the link on the website. And we usually post that link um, on Facebook and on Twitter. I think we've, we may have already posted it this week, and I'll post it again probably this afternoon or tomorrow. Uh, that's on uh, – if you're on Facebook, it's uh, Sports in the Doghouse. And if you're on Twitter, it's at doghouse underscore sports. And we'll post those links there in case they're on Twitter. They can just click on that link and go right to the stream. Awesome. And Abigail will be at the game for us at the Eagle. So for those listening, be sure to follow her as she provides live updates from AT&T Stadium. Tommy, thanks as always for coming on the show and uh, giving us a little insight on Franklin. Yeah, enjoyed it, guys. Good talking to you, too. All right. Well, coming up next, we're previewing College Station Denton Ryan with Scott Clendenin. Welcome back, everyone. We are now joined by a good friend of the podcast, Scott Clendenin. He's the voice of the College Station Cougars. We're previewing the big game this Friday night in Waco between the Cougars and the number one Denton Ryan Raiders. Scott, it's good to see you again. Uh, it's, it's good to be here. Uh, this is a, an exciting week. Uh, this is a week that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Uh, probably like, uh, you know, the, the next, uh, you know, issue of the Mandalorian coming out, you know, I'm in a, one of my coworkers offices, a big star Wars fan. So I gotta give a shout out to Russ because I do feel like Darth Vader's kind of like Denton Ryan looking over my shoulder though, right now. <laughs> yeah, there's no question about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you know, before we get into this game, let, let's let's rewind a little bit and see how the Cougars have gotten here. So two weeks ago, they went out and they won pretty soundly against a good Magnolia West team. And then last week, you know, Sherman hung around, but the game was never in doubt for the Cougars. Um, but now, as they prepare to face one of the best in the state, if not the best in the state, you know, do you feel like it's helped that maybe the Cougars have had a couple steps up in competition working their way up the ladder these last couple weeks? I do. I think that, uh, you know, I thought that was probably a B-minus uh, game for the Cougars. I didn't think it was their best game. I think they played a lot better against uh, Mag West the week before. Uh, I think the Mag West probably a little bit better team. Uh, but, you you know, you're not going to get your A game every week. And I think that when you're able to still play a game where you dominate and really are not challenged, I, I think that's all that you can really ask for. And I think that uh, that's what you saw from the Cougars last week is, uh, you know, they played a new team. Uh, it was It was, you know, you had to adjust to getting ready to somebody that you weren't familiar with like you were Mag West. And, you know, it, it, it didn't have that edge. And I think that that edge will be back this week. I think the edge was back against Mag West after, uh, you know, the, the, the previous two years, three years that they had played Mag West. So I think that that's why one of the things I'm excited about this week is seeing the Cougars put their A game on the field because they're going to need it against the Stanton Ryan team. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we've seen the Cougars, obviously, the last two years get out in this area around with Highland Park and Frisco Lone Star, which are, which were two tough teams for them to play at that point. Um, how much did, does that help them kind of going into this year against another strong team in area? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, I think that Shrimp and Jet Huff were the only two juniors that actually were on the field uh, as far as guys that might have had to contribute against Highland Park. Last year, a little bit different story. Uh, the majority of this team was in a position where they were, you know, uh, you know, pretty involved with what the Cougars had uh, going up against Frisco Lone Star. Uh, you know, now, that being said, the fourth straight year, and you've you heard me talk about this, the fourth straight year that, that the Cougars will play the number one team in the state, Four different teams. I don't think that's ever happened. It might have happened with Stephenville and Lamarck and, you know, those runs of games they played against each other. But it, it's, not, uh, it's not anything I've ever heard of seeing this. Denton Ryan is going to be the most talented team that College Station High School has ever played. 
they're 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 more talented uh, than the, the the foster team that A&M saw last year when you know a bunch of guys that are juniors this year were babies on the field for as sophomores in their first varsity game and then more talented than those Fort Bend Marshall teams. This is going to be the toughest test the Cougars have ever played as a varsity program. But I also think that this is going to be the toughest test that Denton Ryan has played since their second game of the year when they played Denton Geyer as far as talented teams lined up against them. I, I don't think there's much difference between Frisco Lone Star and the Cougars this year. Uh, the Cougars have had have have to have more offense than than uh, than Lone Star did if they have a chance to beat uh, Ryan, even though that was a 14-14 game at halftime. You know, you mentioned the talent. I mean, you go you go down the roster and it's future Division One player after future <laughs> Division One player. I mean, Jatavian Sanders just sent in his uh, letter of intent to Texas, and Billy Bauman, I think, is signing with OU today. If I remember yes, correctly. OU. Yeah, and your quarterback's going to Memphis. I mean, they've got dudes out the wazoo. Um, looking back at last week, though, when you when you know that you're about to face a team with as many weapons as Denton Ryan has, last week when College Station played Sherman, the Cougars had a hard time getting off the field, and they had a hard time stopping the big play. Um, Sherman's quarterback, man, that guy was slippery. He got out of there. He made plays after play. Really gritty player. How important is it going to be this week for College Station to eliminate those big plays and get off the field when they have an opportune moment to swing the momentum <clears throat> and not let Denton Ryan continue a drive? I think that's a big key. I think third down, um, you know, is going to be huge in this game. Um, I don't know if Denton Ryan in the same position is going to be as – uh, you know, interested in going forward on fourth down because they're going to trust their defense. I think Sherman thought that, hey, if we give the ball back to the Cougars, they're going to go score again. Uh, that put them in a position for the fourth downs. Some of those third downs, they did make stops. They didn't make the stop on fourth down. But I, but I, I, I think you're right about that. I, I don't think the Cougars can get discouraged about bad plays on third down for them. A three and out and a punt is not a bad thing in this game if you're playing – competitive football against Ryan. Maybe if you if you get down early, that might change things where you're chasing a couple touchdowns. But if the game is competitive, a three and out and a punt against this defense is not a loss. That is playing the same kind of football that we're seeing Jimbo Fisher play to have the Aggies on, on the cusp of going to the college football playoffs. And I think that's where they got to look at it is say, play even. Don't give up the big plays. Now, as bad uh, a matchup as uh, uh, Jatavion Sanders may be at defensive end playing next to Bear Alexander, who's going to be one of the top defensive tackles in the country next year, he may be even a worse matchup uh, when you stick him next to Billy Bowman and your secondary has to cover two guys that can take it to the house on any play. So I think that, you know, those guys, uh, you know, Sanders, can you do things to wear him down either offensively or defensively? to where he's not quite the player on both sides of the ball that he's shown this year. Uh, that, that's, a big, that's a big thing for this Cougars and this offensive front is, front is to have success against a team that normally always wins the line of scrimmage. Uh, winning, you know, winning the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, on, you know, three out of four plays in any stretch gives you a chance to move your offense, get first downs, and, and have a chance to go win this football game. Yeah, you know, you know, Scott, we've talked all season kind of how, you know, um, the offense has been more consistent um, this season and the defense is really physical um, when they do get against teams. What's it going to take to kind of beat this Denton Ryan team that, that we know has so many good players and we know has been good all season? Well, I think that that's one of the things that, you know, I look back and, you know, last week's game really wasn't a competitive game. They were going up against a fourth place team from a poor district. But I look back at the Lone Star game, uh, you know, that was 14-14 at halftime. We saw Garrett Rangel a year ago, the, the junior quarterback for Denton Ryan, throw to Marvin Mims. Now, Mims in, wasn't there. That completely changes how Lone Star is. But they had 120 yards passing and they had 28 yards rushing. You can't have a team that averages 450 yards because your offensive line opens up holes, gives you a chance for your running back to, to even up what you do. You can't have that 
be a huge negative. You've got to have representative plays. Now, that being said, play action, I think, if, if you can establish that run and continue to have Jet Huff complete above 70% of your passes, you have a chance. I mean, I think every team that's left in Division Two right now, really outside of Frisco Independence, who's not bad, right. I think the other seven teams could win this region and win state, and that includes the College Station Cougars. I just think it's that deep and that talented that seven of the top 10, 12, seven of the top 12 teams in the state are still playing in this region. So, uh, you know, you've got to be ready. You have got to show up and, and have your A game, but you also have to expect your opponent to have an A game, and that's playing good fourth quarter football. And I think what I've seen from the Cougars as far as even last week when they were when they were challenged, the fourth quarter they played good Cougar football. Every other second half effort that we've seen from the Cougars has been A plus outside of the Magnolia game. And I think that's why the Cougars have to have some confidence even playing Denton Ryan. Do you feel like getting to the fourth quarter is gonna be key in this one? If you get to the fourth quarter, you've got a shot. I really do, and I think that that's, uh, you know, that's with how confident you are, and and I think that this, the Cougars are a confident football team. They've seen an offensive line as big as what Denton Ryan's going to put out there against them. They've seen, you know, a defensive front comparable, uh, you know, athletic skill-wise to what you're going to see Denton Ryan. You haven't seen all of that put together, and I think that that's why the fourth quarter, the line of scrimmage will be a key. If, if the Cougars are, are moving uh, Denton Ryan off the ball in the fourth quarter, then they've, then they've done their job, put themselves in a position to win the football game. You, I, just, I don't think that uh, the Cougars want to get behind. Uh, I would not be surprised, even if they won the toss, they're going to put that offense out on the field to, to start the football game. They're going to have confidence. They're going to have a good plan. Uh, but they're going to have to play their A game. And I think that, you know, you've gotten to the playoff time of year and that's what I thought the state championship team in 2017 learned in uh, 15 and 16 is you got to have your A game. I mean, you, you didn't have your A game against Angleton, all right? That, that's, you know, you saw that uh, firsthand, Alex. That was a team that if you played your A game, you have a chance to win that football game. The Cougars had their A game in, in every playoff game after that. It wasn't quite good enough to beat Cal Allen, but that wasn't a day where you didn't have your A game. Your A game was enough to beat Argyle, the number one team in the, in the state, and win a state championship in 17. Since that point in time, I think we've seen the A game from the Cougars pretty much every playoff game except for the, the, the B game I thought we saw last week. Fair enough. Well, Scott, before we let you go, how can our listeners tune into the radio broadcast Friday night? Well, we'll, we'll be on uh, at 6.30, Maverick 100.9. Um, you know, as we come from you from Waco ISD Stadium, uh, Tim and myself, I mean, we're excited. We've been looking for this game a, a, a long time. It's good to see best on best. And I think that's what, uh, you know, anytime that if the Cougars advance from this point forward, uh, you know, this is a team that could win state. Uh, next week would be against a team that could win state. As long as you play the rest of the playoffs this year, and Class 5A Division One will be on with Maverick 100.9, half an hour before kickoff, getting you ready for a great Friday night game. Awesome. Well, Scott, thanks as always for joining us and giving us good insight on the Cougars. All right, thanks. And, uh, you know, uh, also we'll be looking for that uh, Franklin win a state championship. This is a big week for the, the Brazos Valley as far as some teams bringing home the gold. This is the first step for the Cougars, but it's the, it's the final step for Franklin, and I can't wait to watch that game. For sure. And speaking of bringing home the gold, up next, we're going to be looking at Allen Academy. They're playing for the TAP six-man Division II state championship against Dallas Lake Hill Friday in Waco as well. All right, Abigail, here we go. We're coming down the home stretch. Last, let's look at Allen Academy. Let's preview their game. It's the TAP's six-man Division II state championship the Rams, they're facing Dallas Lake Hill this Friday at 2 p.m. in Waco. You know, here we are. This is what the Rams have been working for all season, and now it's finally here. We hear about the revenge tour. We've, we've talked to Coach Adams. We've talked to their players about it. You know, I went out there Tuesday after practice. There's a buzz around the school. 
I mean, everybody's excited, but this is going to be a different game for the Allen Rams. For the first time this postseason, Allen Academy is the underdog. Sixmanfootball.com has Dallas Lake Hill favored by seven in this game. And you got to think that this plays perfectly into the Rams' mentality of having a chip on their shoulder. Oh, oh for sure. I mean, they, they've had it on their shoulder all season, and they, you know, they've only lost three games. <laughs> I think we forget that, you know, that they've, you know, but those games were tough. They were tight. Um, it, you know, St. Joe's to start the season and just by four points, double overtime. Um, so even though those losses were pretty tight and, and pretty um, competitive. Um, but yeah, you know, though, you know, who was such a tough team. Um, you know, uh, these guys are bad. They say big wins here and there. They've had blowouts and stuff like that. But I really think that they've gone through it this season. Um, and I think they're really ready for another battle. Um, you know, after losing in the semifinals last year, they were really down on themselves. You know, I don't, they even told me that they maybe didn't expect to make it to the semifinals only because they were such a young team. And I think this season, they're really ready. Um, you know, they're a year older. They've got a season under their belt that was really strong and competitive. Um, and I think they're really ready for it. So I think those games will help them this in, in, on Friday. Um, and it should be really good. And also, you know, I talked to Aaron um, Bogner, who's one of their guys um, at Allen, and he said, you know, last week he told me that, you know, if the defense tries to stop one guy, they got a hundred other guys, you know, not literally, but they got a bunch of other guys who can, who can do just as much as the other guy, you know? Um, and I think he's a hundred percent right. Um, he, he and the, you know, freshman quarterback, um, Ethan Lucas, had four touchdowns together last week. Um, then you got Brent Tucker, you got Eli Elias Chapa, you got those guys who can really come in and, and really make some big plays for you. Um, and we've seen it work with teams, you know, like College Station and Franklin, like we've talked about today, who have a lot of guys on their roster who can do a bunch of different things. And that's worked for them so far this season. And I think it's working for Allen as well. Um, now, I think that Lake Hill might have the advantage here only because they've been here before. They've been to state. They went last year. Um, so they've been in this type of environment. Um, but I think Allen Academy plays really well in that underdog role, like we mentioned. Um, and I think it'll serve them well this week. Um, they've been strong on both sides of the ball, and they've been challenged before this season. So um, I think it'll be a tough game to win, obviously, but um, I think they're ready for it. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Just the depth that Allen Academy has is is really strong. Um, and that's something that, you know, Coach Adams and their players emphasized to me earlier this week was, you know, we've got guys one, two, maybe three deep, which at the six-man level doesn't yeah. always happen. On the flip side, Lake Hill, you nailed it too. They've got the experience. They've got the pedigree. They lost in the Division I state championship last year to Emory. And, you know, they, they've got some firepower. Um, Coach Adams mentioned they've got a couple of guys that they can really just take over a game if they, if they get the ball in space. And containment, that's going to be huge for the Rams this week. You know, Lake Hill scores a ton of points. I don't think they've scored less than 50 all year. Yeah. Um, they've scored over 80 a couple of times. So, you know, Allen can score, but so can Lake Hill. So something has got to give. Um, yeah. You know, Lake Hill, they've kind of had a weird season when you go and look at their schedule. They only played two regular season games. They're in a small district, so they made it to the playoffs. They've played every playoff game since and won pretty handedly. But it's kind of odd to think that, the majority of their season has come in the playoffs. Like yeah. that's just how 2020 shaken out for them. So, you know, Allen, they've played almost a full schedule. Um, sure. You know, they had the bye week to start playoffs, but the last three weeks, they just get better. And, you know, 
last week against Marble Falls, they got down early. They got down 16-0. But how did they respond? With 54 unanswered points. And, you know, Coach Adams told me they never blinked. They never really hesitated. Um, they weren't they weren't concerned. They just went out and responded. And that, that was big for them. Um, you know, you mentioned it too, just the strength of schedule that Allen's had this year. They they played close against St. Joe's. That's a good team. You know, they played Calvert. Calvert is one of the best teams in 1A Division II at the UIL ranks. They lost to Richland Springs, who's playing for the state championship this week. You know, they pushed Emory Weiner to the the brink. Um, So you've got to think that this strength of schedule helps the Rams in this game because they've played games of this caliber this season. Well, yeah. I, and, uh, oh. no, go ahead. Sorry. I think I'm lagging a little. Yeah, you are. It's okay. Um, <laughs> hold on. Let me start. Um, yeah, and I think it was good that they were challenged last week with um, Marble Falls. Like you said, you know, they were down 16 to zero uh, almost for the whole first half, um, which we haven't really seen from them. Uh, Um, I think that was really nice to see. They were obviously fake, maybe. Um, so I think that was also good for them to see, you know, hey, we got to come back in the second half and they scored, you know, 50, 54 unanswered points, which will do it um, in six man. But um, I think that was really good to see um, them kind of come back in a sense um, for that game, another test. For sure. Well, Abigail, you're going to be at the game Friday afternoon. Is that right? Um, yeah, I'll be at the game um, tomorrow at AT&T Stadium, Arkansas. So maybe Franklin will have the same luck this time. Um, but yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter um, at Abigail Ochoa88. Um, and then, we, you know, we also mentioned how you We'll be on Fox as well. So, um, yeah, that you can just follow us on there. Um, get all your coverage, of course. And the Eagle on Friday, we'll have the story and everything. We'll have photos. and um, But, yeah, it should be a good one. Um, Franklin's second time at State um, is really exciting, and I know their community is um, really excited about it, and the team's really excited about it. So um, I can't wait. Yeah, and then Friday, Abigail's going to be out at uh, Waco Midway High School for oh. Allen Academy's game, and yeah. I will be at <clears throat> Waco ISD Stadium Friday night covering College Station, Denton Ryan. So it's a great week for football. We'll see how it shakes out, see if uh, the Brazos Valley can bring home a couple of state championships yeah. and if the, the College Eagle- Station Cougars can knock off number one Denton Ryan. So – Thanks again, everyone, for joining us on the Brazos Sports Prepscast. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Hopefully we'll see you next week. So uh, stay tuned.